Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Welcome back, Wisdom and Stuff podcast. This is Daryl Boucher. And uh, it's another glorious day. Praise God. He is so good, and he is greatly to be praised. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. We are children of the King. We're children of God himself. And um, that is what the Holy Spirit says in Romans chapter 8. And um, it says that the, that the Holy Spirit is always crying out that we are children of God. It says also in Galatians chapter 4. So it says that there, the Holy Spirit could be crying out lots of things. I mean, he could have, he's infinite, as infinite as God, because he is God, and yet he could be crying out so many things throughout the day, but it says what he is crying out is that we're children of God. That's what he's actually crying out. And so that tells me that that principle alone is the fundamental, paramount principle that we have to magnify within our consciousness, that we are children of God. If we don't understand that we're children of God, then the context by which we hear everything is going to be out of whack. Uh, because if, you know, it, it's like if, if, um, if all I do is know that, that God is big and that God is glorious, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and that he's he's omnipotent and that he's he's omniscient and that he you know what he's limitless and all these other if all I ever know is all about the attributes of God, but I don't know I'm his son, then that makes all the difference. Because basically I can it's like, you know, if, if and I've said this before, you know, like if, if somebody were in a room and uh, and they start listing all of Bill Gates' assets, and they start listing all the things that Bill Gates owns, all the things he runs, all the things, all the companies that he's, he's part of, all the investments he has, his whole portfolio, how diversified he is, all of his assets, and how much they're going to be worth in five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. You could list all those things. And you know, you can have a room full of people hearing all those facts and you could you could explain them, you know, so perfectly so that everybody in the room exactly. I mean, they, they had a perfect understanding of all the facts of Bill Gates's resources. Uh, but you have a lot of different perceptions of those facts. Some people would think that Bill Gates was, you know, uh, whatever, who knows, too rich or, you know, some people might want to admire him or might want to, uh, you know, get that much wealth so that they could be, you know, a, a great philanthropist or whatever it is. But there's a lot of different, some people might envy him. Some people might criticize him. Some people might, you know, look up to him as a role model. You'd have all kinds of different um, responses based in the room, even though they all had the same facts. But if in that room somebody is sitting there and uh, that is Bill Gates' son, that person has a totally different perspective of those facts because that person is looking at everything that that is said as their inheritance, not as uh, something to be looked up to, not as something to be admired, not as something to be critical of, not as something to, to judge, but as inheritance. And this is how we have got to understand our relationship with our father. He wants us to know that we're his kids because everything I see God do, everything I see God have, everything I see God have an attribute of, I know I'm a partaker of that divine nature. I look as, at, at God as, as, as my, my, not my role model to live up to, but as a reflection of my nature. And so... This is so important for us to get a hold of that the reason why the Holy Spirit is continually crying out that we're children of God is because until we know our role 
we don't understand um, the the role that even God has in our lives, or that God's God's you know uh, goodness and His strength, everything else has in our lives. We, you know, if all we have is an employee mentality or a or a, a strictly servant mentality, we know we serve God, but we do it from from childhood. We do it we do it for, as a child, not as some kind of slave. And uh, so anyway. Today is a good day. The Holy Spirit's crying out right now in our hearts that we are children of God. And I just want to encourage you, it to be a good thing for you to meditate today, is that you're a child of the living God. Um, you know, I, I just I remember one time I was I was like driving through Wyoming or something and uh, just meditate on the Lord and and uh, and I began to meditate this very thing that, that I'm a child of God. And I just began to saying that over myself. That's what it means meditate. To to ponder, to 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 mutter to yourself. You to to meditate is not just thinking about something, it is actually to speak. You have to you speak something out of your mouth. And so I was just speaking out that I'm a child of God, that God is my father, and and I was just just coming but with different ways. I wasn't doing it, you know, uh, like a liturgy, uh, you know, I wasn't just trying to, to, to just do it, say it over, you know, like a confession type thousand things I was saying. I was actually trying to, to, to draw meaning out of it. I'm trying to draw something from my heart that's going to connect with this reality. And so I'm just, I'm just speaking it and I'm just pondering and I'm meditating it as my reality and not as something I have to attain. And as I'm doing that, the, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and he, he he just said something that may not mean anything to anybody else, but in that moment, it just really set me free. And he just said, he said, yeah, he goes, if I'm your father, then no one else is. And honestly, that, that, that pushed a button in me that just caused me to rejoice so much, because then I realized how many other things were trying to take the role of my father. They were, you know, all the things I was I was brought up with, all these, all the you know different mindsets, insecurities, consciousness, you know, fears, uh, you know, resource, you know, lack and poverty, these different things. All those things were trying to t- to take the role of my father, but my father, he's the one who determines what I walk in. He's the one who determines what resource I have. He's the one who determines what strength I have. He's the one who determines what nature I have. He's the one who determines my characteristics. He's the one who gives me my DNA, and nothing else can. And when he said, if I'm your father and nobody else is, oh, I began shouting in that car, man. I was having a hallelujah breakdown, and I was just like, glory to God. And I'm crying. I'm just like, oh, Father. you know. But it's because the reality of what it meant you know, engaged my heart. But I was meditating on it. And that's 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 the whole role of meditation. That you you allow your heart to engage with a reality that your mind has not yet uh, um, you know understood, but that understanding comes from that place of revelation and meditation. It comes from faith. We understand by faith. And so Anyway, today is a day that he has made, and praise God. I, one of the, one of the things I just wanted to to just maybe address today is a simple uh, but very powerful truth that is a good thing to practice on our on our daily life. Is uh, in Romans chapter one, uh, Paul he begins um, uh, he he begins talking about just the cycle uh, that that mankind has gotten into. Uh, the cycle of reprobation, in other words, the cycle of, of you know, basically falling away from God and, and basically changing, you know, basically their relationship to God and the earth and everything else like this. And so he's talking about this, um, this cycle of, of reprobation, and and he, in, in Romans chapter 1, he, um, 
you know, he, you know, he he begins this uh, really at like verse eighteen, but he's just talking about ungodliness and unrighteousness and everything else, and. Uh, he says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. And then he says, he's talking about, and in the next verse, he's talking about how creation itself cries out and, and talks about how there you can see God everywhere around you. This is so that they're without excuse. He goes, you can, there's nobody that has an excuse for not believing in God. You can see it in every mark of nature. Uh, you know, there, there is, there is, you know, it takes, I don't know, it just takes pride to to believe uh, that God did not create nature. I mean, you, you, you can't look around. There's there's too many um, intricate things. There's too many mysteries. There's too many things that, that have not been solved. And we cannot, it, it just takes too much pride and foolishness to believe that they just spawned forth out of some random thing, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. But the point of it is, is that, He's talking about that the people who don't believe in God, they're without excuse. And then in verse 21, he says, um, because when they knew God. So there was a time when, when they knew God. He's not talking about a people who've never known God. He's not talking about a people who were just never brought up around the things of God. It says there was a time when they actually knew God. So these are people that were at one time following God, and now they're not at all. And now they are just doing their own thing. And, you know, we, we see that obviously all over the planet where, where there are people who even profess, you know, that they love God, uh, but they literally are not following the ways of God. They are not walking in godliness. They're walking in total sin. They're walking in total rebellion. They're walking in a backslidden lifestyle. And sadly, right now, we live in a culture where when people are living that way, they they want to be pitied almost. It's like they, they don't want to, they don't want you know, their, their sin to be exposed because they don't want shame to be put on them. And they want to be like, almost like uh, a victim. They want to be a victim to their own decisions. And, and so they, they want to be pitied for where they are. That doesn't fly. It's not cool. You understand? I'm never about placing shame on anybody, but I am about exposing things that need to be exposed so that people can come to repentance. So people can come back to where they're supposed to be, not about a behavior process, but about their heart. You know, when, when it, the Bible talks about the, the deceitfulness of sin. When you're walking in a sinful pattern of life, when you have, I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, you know somebody who, who messes up once in a while. I'm talking about a purposeful decision to, to, to do things the wrong way, to do things against the word of God. There is a deception. It's a deceitfulness of sin. There's deception tied to that lifestyle. And so, uh, and I've seen it time and again where people, they will make choices and they begin to follow down that trail of, of pride and rebellion and sin, and the next thing you know, they're so deceived that they literally have justification for what they're doing, and they actually think they're, they're like, "Oh no, I still love God." Oh, you know, I, you know, and, and the, the, you know, of course, these days people are really big into, well, you know, God still loves me, you know, even though I do this and that. I know God still loves me. Yes, He does, because He is love. Okay, the point is not whether or not God loves you. The point is whether you love God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? And so, so this is, but there's a deception tied to sin. 
And, I, and we want people to walk in freedom. We want people to walk in wholeness. That deception ties people to a lifestyle that literally is tied to the laws of, of sin and death. And so that the 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 moment we talk, we step over into a habitual lifestyle of sin, and we're justifying that sin, and we're condoning that sin, and we're we're saying it's no big deal. Now suddenly we're in an area of deception, and the enemy has got us right where he wants us because now we think that we can we can love God and we can still walk in this lifestyle, but the the lifestyle is tied to sin and death. It's literally tied to that. And so so God wants us to be free. He wants us to walk in life, life more abundantly. He wants us to not only walk in it, he wants us to steward it in other people's lives. He wants us to to, to walk in that kind of level of blessing. So, uh, but here, here, here he says there, there's this, this people group that even though they knew God, it says they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So now here he says, he goes, he goes, here's here's the problem, is they became fools. They weren't fools all the time. This was a progressive progressive situation. They became fools, but they did it. And if you continue to read, this is a, a process of degradation of basically the corrupted mind. And I'm not going to read that whole thing, but you can go in and read Romans chapter 1, where he literally says, here is the course. And at the end of it, you begin seeing, we see this playing out all over the place right now in people's lifestyles and in, in just the deception they're walking in. They're living in sin, but they think it's okay. And, and Paul says, here's how it begins, though. It begins... When they knew God, so these are people who knew God and loved God. You know how many people in my life, I'm talking, I, mean, I got saved when I was 15, and I, I started noticing this right away. I mean, it didn't take long at all. Within just a couple years, I I had met several people, quite a few people that, man, they, they were so zealous for the things of God. These people were, I mean, walking in the gifts of the Spirit, flowing in different things. And they, they, they were, you know, in their word all the time, and they loved God, and they were in church all the time, and they were blah, blah, blah. But then, but then they started making choices, and in, in a very short amount of time, they were not even serving God at all. Not, not at all. You know, um, and, and then you have some that obviously, like I said, they, they begin serving God on their own terms. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I still love God, and I still serve God, and I, I'm still blah, 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 but I just don't think I need to be involved with da, 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 da. And it's like, well, wait a minute here. What does the Word say, though? If, if you, you know, give, give me some Word. What does the Word say? You know, what do we know to, to hold fast to? What do we know to be true? You know, it says, you know, uh, Paul tells Timothy, he says, in the end times, people will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap unto themselves teachers because they have itching ears and they want to hear just what they want to hear. And so they will heap up to themselves. See, right now, we're, we're at a place, obviously, t- technology-wise, where people literally will, you can find somebody online that that is teaching something that you will agree with and you can heap them to yourself. And they will not put a demand on you to change. And they won't put a demand on you to to rethink how you're doing things. They won't put a demand on you to repent. And so you can, right now, we are in the end times in this degree where people will heap up unto themselves teachers. And they, they will heap up unto themselves teachers that will teach them what they want to hear. They have itching ears. They have ears that only want to hear one thing. They have ears. Their ears have an appetite. Their ears have an itch that needs to be itched, right? And it's this itch of self. It's this itch of, of self, uh, uh, you know, justification. This itch of, of selfishness that says, I, you know, I can still... I can still be, you know, just as much saved as everybody else and still live this way. And I'm not questioning, you know, it's not my place to question somebody's salvation at all. 
But it is definitely my job, you know, not my job, but it, I have a rightful place in, in, in judging, a fruit by, judging a tree by its fruit. Jesus said that. He says, you're going to know the tree by its fruit. How many, how many people you know, are around you are, are walking in love? How many people around you, you know, are, are, are walking in the fruit of the Spirit? How many people are we affecting for the gospel? How many people are we actually reaching out toward? How much love are we walking in? You know, these are things that are paramount. Now, uh, anyway, uh, the, the point of this, though, is that while they knew God, it says they didn't glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. And, you know, right now, we have so many people who are who have already walked out this process where they're, they're they've heaped up teachers that they want to hear. They they have self justifications of what they're doing. Um, they you know they 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 just they, they want to live a very unspiritual life and still say it's spiritual. Basically, they want to live an ungodly life and still say it's godly. And and this is deception, you know, at its highest because these are not people who feel like they're separated from God. They feel like they're close to God, but they're not close to God, and that is the ultimate deception. Now, anyway, um, but Paul says that the beginning of this was when they knew God. They glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So here he says, okay, it began in their imaginations. They became vain in their imagination. They allowed their imagination to become self-centered. They allowed their imagination to be to to create a narrative that said, "No, you can you can still totally do this. You can do this and still be okay. You can do that and still be okay. Look, you can you can. I mean, one of the traps is, of course, the 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 gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So you can still literally flow in gifts and be in total sin." You know, you can do all these things, and uh, and so you can get in deception and, and these vain imaginations where you begin to follow rabbit trails that are are literally veering off of sound doctrine, veering off of what the Word of God says, veering off of of love, veering off of 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 you know basic obedience to the Word, veering off of these things, and it becomes a vain imagination. It says, and their foolish heart was darkened. So it begins in their mind. It begins in their mind, and they begin to think on things and give heed to things. And instead of just saying, "No, what does the word say?" Instead of doing that, they they get darkened in their heart. Their heart, their foolish heart, becomes darkened. And so now suddenly it goes from their mind down into their heart, and now their heart becomes darkened. And and you know, Jesus said in in Matthew chapter twelve that the, that the good man of the good treasure produces heart of his heart produces good things, but the evil man of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil things. And he goes, you got to guard your heart in, in, in Proverbs chapter four. Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it proceeds the issues of life, right? So here, if your if your if your heart becomes darkened, that's what's going to come out of your life. And so he goes, okay, and, and then professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. And these are the people who literally they think they're wiser than everybody else. They think that they've got it down. They think that they've got some kind of great new doctrine, and they'll call it freedom when it's actually bondage. And they'll call it they'll call it spirituality when it's really ungodliness. And they'll call it you know all kinds of things. And they'll be like, well, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I, you know, they'll they'll call you know they'll call obedience legalism, and and they'll, they'll call you know um, um, yieldedness and submission, uh, you know, uh, to to the things of God. They'll call it control and bondage. And uh, this is pe- people who profess themselves to be wise, but they're actually fools. Now, I'm like, this is a hard word, right? Because this is this is what Paul is saying is going. This is what happens. Now, the very beginning of it is they knew God, but they didn't glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. Several years ago, I was in prayer, 
and uh, and the Lord brought this verse up to my heart. And uh, because I, you know, I look at these verses, and I'm like, man, this is a sobering verse. The, this whole text is very sobering, because they they began with knowing God. And I've known a lot of people, and I don't want to be one of these people, right? Like Paul said, he goes, man, I because I buffet my flesh daily. I goes, I, I I keep it under so that I don't become shipwrecked while I'm preaching the gospel. He goes, I you know, it's it's not a it's not like I'm afraid of what's happening. It's just that I I, I live a you have to live a disciplined life to say, okay, what. What can you know if 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 the word of God tells me what the end of a negative road is, it also tells me what the beginning of that road is. And if I never take the beginning, I never get to the end, right? If I don't take the first step of disobedience, or I don't take the first step of 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 degrega- degradation, I'm never going to get to that point. So I don't have to fear the fruit if I never plant the tree, right? If I never plant the seed of an apple tree, I don't have to be afraid of apples at all. And you know what I'm saying by that. Uh, but it's it's like this. You know, here he says that the seed of this is they didn't glorify him as God. And I just remember several years ago, the Lord's talked to me about this. And he goes, you need to glorify me as God. And I go, God, I, I glorify you all the time. I, I, I'm in prayer. I'm in praise. I worship all the time. And, and he goes, yeah, but he goes, you don't glorify me as God. And I just, it, it hit me. I go, oh, you know what? If that's what you want me to do, I will do that. And, uh, and so uh, and it's, like, it's not for God's benefit. He knows he's God. He's not insecure. It's for my benefit. Because when God is in his right place, then I'm in my right place. And everybody else is there in the right place. But when God's displaced, everything else is displaced. And so I begin out of my mouth purposely just magnifying him as God. Not as just my father, not just as a creator, not just as whatever, as God himself. He is God. He is not a figurehead. He is not a political figure. He is not just another king. He is not just somebody in power. He is not just a person of authority. He is not. No, he's God. He is the Almighty. He is Jehovah. He is Adonai. You understand? He is above all. He is Elohim. He is God. He, oh my goodness. And we need to magnify him as God and be thankful. And we're not doing it as a commandment. You know, he doesn't give us this as a commandment. He gives us this as an invitation to know who we are in him. He gives us as an invitation to know who, how big he is so we can know how big we are. But you see, when he gets displaced, we get displaced. And suddenly we, we, we actually think of ourselves so low that we think, we think these lifestyles that are not godly are life to us. When they're actually death to us, there's a way that seems right to a man, but at least death. And so the, the, what, the only way that we can actually safeguard our life from that form of deception is we surround ourselves with people, obviously, who can give us counsel, who can correct us, who can have a word of correction on, that we take. But at the same time, we magnify him as God. We glorify him as God. We lift him up as God. He is not just a, a, a figure. He's not just Santa Claus. He's not just uh, you know somebody with a big white beard, you know, sitting on a throne up in the majesty of heavens. He is the Almighty. He, I don't have a heartbeat without him. These are things I I literally began saying these things out of my mouth on a daily basis, and it it changed. It changed how I perceived myself and how I perceived just my surroundings because I got very aware of him. And my, the fear of the Lord began, became very real in my heart. Even though I knew of the fear of the Lord and I walked in the fear of the Lord, it just became so much real, more real in my heart. Not that I'm afraid of him. I'm just understanding of who he is. He's God. And oh, if, if he is God, which he is, if he exists, which he does, if he's my father, which he is, if he's real, which he is, if he's ever-present, which he is, if he's omniscient and, all, and he's omnipotent like he is, 
If all those things are true, and, and yet he calls me into communion, why wouldn't I run in? Why wouldn't I literally just say, oh, if I can't give myself breath, if I can't make my, my heart beat today, if I didn't make the sun come up today, if I didn't plant all the stars and the galaxies, if I didn't do any of those things, I, I, I encourage you, go back through like the last four chapters of, uh, of Job and Isaiah chapter 40 and just begin to magnify God. If you don't know where to start, just start there. Begin to magnify God as God. Not as a provider, not as a healer, not as a blesser. He's all of those things, but magnify him as God. And this, and it says, and in that moment, we begin to get thankful for who we are. This is what safeguards our imaginations because our mind is set upon him, and it safeguards our heart from becoming darkened. This is a very simple thing, but it's an invitation that we can take every day. I encourage you, just take a few minutes every day. Begin to magnify him as God. He can't get any bigger. But once again, if I take a magnifying glass and I put it on something, the, the object doesn't get bigger. It just gets bigger in my eyes. I want God to be bigger in my eyes. And I want, I want to know him as God and also as my father. I have to know him as both. The Holy Spirit will cry out all the time that he is my father. And I need to yield to that, meditate that. But I need to magnify him as God and be thankful. And this is what safeguards us from deception and from uh, vain imaginations. And in that moment, my imagination will become so much more fruitful and so much at a higher level. I'll begin to think on higher thoughts and higher ways and, and, and just begin to fuel things from heaven into the earth and it'll be more natural. Anyway, praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you that you are God. You are, Father God, the, the Almighty. You are Adonai. You are El Shaddai. You are, Father God, Elohim. You are, Father God, infinite in all of your capacity. You are God. And Father, you actually, uh, huh, you cause our heart to beat right now. You give us breath right now. We can't even, as, as, as David said, we can't even say things that you don't give us the ability to say. So every word we say is actually just what you give us the ability to do. And so we just thank you that we are your children, you are our Father, and you are God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.